HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Castor and Pollux, maker of America's number one organic pet food, Organics. Look for their newest line, Pristine, the only complete line of pet food made with responsibly sourced ingredients. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org slash pets. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Hello, welcome to Japanese. I'm your host, Akiko Katema, a food writer and director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes deep understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from a studio in Bushwick, Brooklyn. And this show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every deli and supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi ramen and izakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food is still a mystery for many people, and I try to demystify demystify it in this program with my cool guests. And my guest today is Fujiko Aoki, who is a chef and owner of Mochirin, which is a unique Japanese-style sweet shop in New York City. And traditional Japanese sweets are called wagashi, which has distinctive characters. And a recent article in the New York Times Tea Magazine, issued on August 14, summarizes it. And the title of the article is Sweets as Poignant as Poetry. One writer considers Wagashi, Japanese tea ceremony treats as bittersweet pleasure for stressful times. And by the way, Fujiko is featured in this article, of course. So, and, and I really like the opening of the article, uh, which starts as River of Heaven, young grass waiting under snow, wind in the distance. Each phrase is the name of the piece of Wagashi, Japanese sweets made to accompany the traditional tea ceremony. If they sound like lines from a haiku, that's deliberate. The sweet, small, obsessively calibrated, installed to the seasons, share the same mission as haiku. To pluck out of the stream of time one beautiful fugitive moment and hold it still. That's wagashi. So today we'll discuss the essence of Japanese wagashi, which goes unique artistic background to make her stunningly beautiful sweets and much, much more. 
But quickly before you start, Japan Needs is available on Heritage Radio Network website as well as on iTunes and Stitcher as a podcast. So please go to iTunes or Stitcher and subscribe to Japan Needs. And please write a review. We really appreciate your feedback. Also, if you have ideas about topics of the show or show guests, please let us know. You can email us at japanneeds at heritageradionetwork.org or akikokatema.com. Now let's start our conversation with Fushiko Aoki. Hello, Fushiko. Welcome to Japan Needs. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so first of all, um, where in Japan are you from? I was born and raised in Kyoto, and later I lived and worked in Tokyo. Mm, okay, mm-hmm. and uh, so I heard that you used to be in the publishing industry in Japan and working at uh, El Japan. Mm-hmm. So what kind of work did you do? Mm-hmm. After I graduated from college, I started working as an editor at a fashion industry magazine called WWD Japan. Mm. Then I was at a women's publication working mainly on stories about Japanese traditions, food, tableware, antique, travel, and so on. Mm. I then worked at El Japon, overseeing main features and interior design stories. Mm. That's a massive responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, after that, I became a freelance editor specializing in interior design, food, architecture, art, and just design in general for magazines like Casa Brutas and Luca. I also edited cookbooks and essay collections. Mm, okay. So uh, so that really makes sense that you, I heard that you published two cookbooks in Japan before you came to the States. So how did you get into cooking after working in the publishing industry? How did I get into cooking? I've always loved eating and also recreating dishes that I tasted and enjoyed at restaurants. Mm. So I used to make everything at home, from simple side dishes to braised oxtail in red wine, and I even tried cooking soft shell turtle and <laughs> shark fin. Yeah. Professionally, uh, it was it was as a writer for this magazine called Danchu, which at that time was considered the best gourmet magazine in Japan. Mm, actually, Danchu means that uh, it's a cooking for men, like a men cooking in the kitchen, yeah. which is kind of unusual for mm-hmm. Japanese culture. Mm-hmm. So that was really a major publication. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That I first stepped into the cooking industry. At the time, I was still at WWD Japan, so I, I actually had to keep it a secret. Mm. Initially, I didn't even imagine that cooking would become my means of expression at all. Mm. But working alongside a number of chefs and food professionals, eventually I ended up writing cookbooks of my own. Mm. And then I started doing catering for photo shoots and parties because of my husband's work and the demands from my friends. Mm, what does uh, your husband do? Photographer, still life. Ah, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, so, so the two cookbooks, mm-hmm. um, first of all, you have um, uh, one of them, Osowake, Ofukuake, published in 2006. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the title itself is very intriguing. It's called, um, meaning sharing goodies and luck with others. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so the... Why did you publish the book? Yes, uh, osusuake and ofukuake are both an old Japanese custom, you know. It's basically a practice of sharing food stuff with others back in the day. 
people used to bring food to their neighbors and friends to share with them. Maybe some apples and tangerines that they received from their family back home or from acquaintances.、Mm. Or desserts and snacks that they receive as gifts or just some extra food that they ended up making、mm. that day. Right. It's interesting that Japanese culture is such a gift oriented culture.、Mm-hmm. And then, if something you receive, you want to share it with other people.、Mm-hmm. It's、yeah. kind of networking.、Mm-hmm. Right? So, what I wanted to introduce in this book was the type of preserved foods that used to be, but are no longer being made at home these days. Traditional Japanese pickles like nukazuke, umeboshi, kasuzuke fish, or chimen sancho, sun dried persimmon, karasumi, which is Japanese version of Botarga,、mm. I wanted to encourage people to make them at home again.、Mm, I actually never thought of making it. It's, it's something <laughs> to buy. You never <laughs> think of making them.、Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and to share with others and to try making new dishes with these foods.、Mm-hmm. I used to make Chilimen Sancho, which is my hometown specialty from Kyoto,、mm-hmm. for fun. And、uh, because you can make a lot of it at once. Mm, so, Chinimen Sancho、mm-hmm. basically it's a white bite with a, like a Sancho pepper,、mm-hmm. right? So, that's the Chinimen Sancho, and I, I think it's one of the most classic Kyoto、mm-hmm. flavors,、mm-hmm. right? Okay. I would bring it to work and share it with my colleagues. So, usually after sending out a new issue to the printer, our editorial room would suddenly turn into a Chilimen Sancho distribution club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, these preserved foods are never fashionable and generally considered countrified.、Mm. But what I noticed was that it stimulated open conversation about everyone's hometowns、mm. and neighborhoods, which didn't happen much during work. Right. Well, it's interesting because,、uh, you know, those, those are traditional foods. Chilimen Sancho is one of them, but Sancho, of course, is a、uh, little green pot、mm-hmm. that's packed with、uh, citrus and、mm-hmm. flavor and、mm-hmm. this kind of tan naming and、mm-hmm. yeah. tingle.、Mm-hmm. So that's a very traditional Japanese flavor, and、mm-hmm. we are really making it as coming back、mm-hmm. because. Making by yourself, I think it tastes, tastes so much better than、mm-hmm. buying from the store.、Mm-hmm. Right. So that's the essence of the book.、Mm-hmm. And what about、uh, the book, Oji de Tsukuru, Kyodo Gohan? It's、uh, published in、uh, 2009, and the title means Regional Cuisine Cooked at Home.、Mm-hmm. So, yeah,、mm-hmm. so,、um, yeah, what is the theme of the book of the Oji de Tsukuru, Kyodo Gohan? So, what is the theme? Just like Osusuake of Kuake, the main theme was to take a fresh look at all traditions so that readers can rediscover the beauty and the charm of regional cuisine that are disappearing.、Hmm. Okay, so I mean, that you, in the book, you cover the whole country of Japan, featuring classic regional dishes from Hokkaido to Kyushu, from the north to south. So it must be really hard to compile a book. So, yeah, so what did you want your audience to learn from the book?、Mm-hmm. That book is actually based on an essay series that I started in 2004. And around that time, Japan was seeing the rapid nuclearization of families.、Mm. Especially in urban areas, the foreign food culture and the 
habit of dining out were noticeably growing dominant.、Mm. Even in rural areas, the culture of regional cooking was disappearing. People just didn't cook regional dishes as much,、mm. and some recipes were starting to be completely forgotten. So I felt the need to write down these recipes that were previously passed down orally,、mm. and also the need to appreciate them from a new or at least modern perspective.、Mm. The book introduces 57 recipes from 23 different prefectures in Japan. But it weaves in stories about local women, moms, and grandma who are known for their cooking.、Mm. Stories about the particular region and the person behind each dish, the real life social network, as well as the coexisting of human and nature, all contribute to shaping each regional cuisine.、Mm. So think of the dish that you make while thinking about your mother or grandmother, or the dish that reminds you of festival and celebratory occasions, the dishes that have been passed on through local women's groups, or the dishes that make you ever more aware of the bounty that the sea and the mountain bring.、Mm. Whichever the type of dish, Regional cuisine is generally based on home cooked meals and it's deeply connected with women's life and lifestyle. Regional cuisine is also unique regionality and the type of humanity.、Mm. As information becomes more and more saturated and homogenized with the internet and social media today, regional cuisine may be an Ever more important factor to pay attention to in order for us people to not be homogenized.、Mm, I think actually it's happening here in New York City kind of globally because people started to pay attention to local、mm-hmm. ingredients and、mm-hmm. flavors. So,、mm-hmm. yeah,、um, I really wish、uh, the book is. In English, too, because it's such a beautiful book. <laughs> Maybe you should、thank、try you. to、yeah. make an English version. Yeah, thank you. So, okay, and、uh, so now let's talk about、uh, your life now. So,、mm-hmm. when, and, when and why did you come to New York? I moved to New York in November of 2010 for my photographer husband's job.、Mm. Okay, and、uh, I heard that you started your business in New York with a catering business.、Mm-hmm. So, what kind of catering business did you have?、Mm-hmm. At first, I was just preparing meals for my husband's clients who attended his shoots. From there, I started catering other photographers' shoots and fashion events. I also catered kaiseki meals at tea ceremonies. Most of what I made was Japanese food with New York twists.、Mm. I guess I could say that it was sort of a regional cuisine、mm. as prepared by a Japanese person in New York.、Mm. So that's the con- continuation from your book and then、uh, your original in terms、mm-hmm. of New、yeah. York.、Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, so let's talk about、uh, your amazing business, Mochirin. And before, before, before that, I just wanted to quickly summarize for our audience who's not familiar with Wagashi.、Um, the basic characteristics of Wagashi are traditional Japanese confections. Wagashi are basically t- traditional Japanese confections made from seasonal plant based ingredients such as beans, rice, kudzu powder,、uh, fruits, and sugar. And the kudzu powder, by the way, is like cornstarch, and it's really 
very essential for Japanese uh, wagashi. So, um, and wagashi often intended to be served at tea ceremonies, but of course, you can uh, find so many wagashi shops in Japan and people eat wagashi uh, as regular sweets. And uh, because of their delicate and beautiful nature, they are popular gift items as well. So, wagashi in general is pretty still quintessential Japanese and then popular,、mm-hmm. right? So, okay, so now, when and why did you open the wagashi shop in New York,、mm-hmm. which is called Mochi?、Yeah. Mm-hmm. I used to make bite sized sakura mochi for catering sometimes.、Mm-hmm. And every time I did, I noticed that people really enjoyed them and I received good feedback. So I thought maybe I could try giving traditional mochi sweets like daifuku and sakura mochi、mm-hmm. a new twist and create original New York flavors.、Mm-hmm. And that led me to open mochi ring in the spring of 2015.、Mm-hmm. Okay, so basically, so you that's the、uh, the mochi is very specific, right? It's kind of gooey and chewy,、mm-hmm. right? So, so that's the reason you chose the、uh, mochi as your theme of your business because it was popular.、Uh, much like pasta or bread or rice, udon noodle and other carbohydrates, mochi should be versatile in terms of how they can be flavored. Yet somehow, mochi snacks didn't really evolve that much over the years. For example, the regular daifuku is too big for me,、mm. and I find the taste to be too monotonous. So, unless I'm starving, I wouldn't be able to eat it. But I realized that by making some adjustments to the size or the flavor, I could make mochi snacks that I would actually want to eat even if I weren't hungry.、Mm. At the heart of it, though, I, it's all about cooking. For my catering, I have studied and experimented with all kinds of flavor combinations to express something uniquely New York,、mm. and that I thought was delicious as a Japanese person.、Mm. And I found Mochi to be a perfect platform to concoct and deliver this fresh new flavor with.、Mm. Okay, yeah, so because basically mochi is a Japanese rice cake made of mochi gome,、mm-hmm. uh, short grain, japonica,、mm-hmm. like glutinous, like sticky rice.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, like you said, it's kind of a white canvas because it can be just confectionery, like sweets, and、uh, typically, you know, classic、uh, mochi. Has a red bean paste inside,、mm-hmm. which is called anko.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, it can be, of course, ice cream, which is like a modern version. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, you can have like a soup mm-hmm. and uh, mochi in it.、Mm-hmm. So it's such a diverse, versatile theme、mm-hmm. uh, or you can just play with. So, so what is the meaning of a rin in、mm-hmm. mochi rin?、Yeah. Uh, there is an expression in Japanese to be rin. The word rin expresses a certain poise, this crisp, elegant tension in composure or attitude. It's also used to describe a type of upright, gallant masculinity. But I chose the word to express that gracefully restrained composure. The state of being ring is perhaps like a surface of pure water that's elegantly still.、Mm. One drop of water falls on it, and it would create these beautiful ripples across the water.、Mm. Maybe I should say it's sort of a pure, upright, and open spirit. 
Now that I have been cooking professionally, if someone asks me what characterizes Japanese cuisine such as kaiseki, I think I would instinctively respond that it's the wing composure.、Mm. Of course, these days the plating style has become pretty westernized. The ingredient focused cooking, that's simple but delicate, is distinctively different from. The gorgeous dazzles and lavishness of Western cooking.、Mm. I actually found that the characters in Ozu and Kurosa films often show a wind spirit, which modern Japanese people are starting to forget. forget. And、uh, I wanted to express that very Japanese quality of being wind in my mochi、mm. confections in hopes to keep it alive. Right. Yeah, so when I hear Rintosuru means like、yeah. you are back is straight, but then you're not so assertive. Very,、mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. it's like, a, like a, I don't know, nice、uh, flower, looks delicate, but、mm-hmm. very uh, yeah. energetic at the same time. So,、mm-hmm. yeah, that's the spirit of your business.、Mm-hmm. So, what is the theme of、uh, Mochirin? I'd say it's to express New York's seasonality through these poised mochi deserts.、Mm. Okay, so okay,、um, let's take a quick break here because we have a lot to cover later. So, when we come back, we'll talk about what kind of unique sweets Fujik offers at the Mochi. So, please stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Castor and Pollux, maker of America's number one organic pet food, Organics. You put a lot of care and thought into what you eat. After all, you're a food radio listener. That thoughtfulness goes hand in paw with how you feed your pets. Purposeful pet food doesn't happen by accident. Castor and Pollux scours the earth to carefully select the best organic and responsibly sourced ingredients. New Pristine from Castor and Pollux is the only complete line of pet food made with ingredients that are responsibly raised, caught, or grown. Feed your dog or cat the new standard, like grass fed beef, wild caught fish, and vegetables grown without synthetic fertilizers or chemical pesticides. Pristine from Castor and Pollux. Purposeful pet food. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.orgslash pets. Welcome back. You're listening to Japanese Broadcasting Live from a studio in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm your host, Akiko Tayama, and my guest today is Fujiko Aoki, who is the chef and owner of Mochirin, which is a traditional as well as modern Japanese sweet shop based in New York City. So,、um, what kind of、uh, non traditional Japanese elements do you incorporate into your mochi sweets?、Mm-hmm. So far,、uh, we've tried making them with prosciutto and melon. Anise rose petals and other edible flowers, or like、uh, dill, cilantro, black pepper, white pepper, use kosher, <laughs> black cherry.、Mm. Yeah, more, many, many kinds. Right.、Yeah. Well, actually, before the show, um, um, <laughs> Mexico brought two kinds of、uh, really tasty、uh, mochi sweets, and、um, one of them is、uh, elderflower. And、uh, watermelon and the hidden salt flavor. And in Japan, people eat、uh, watermelon with a bit of salt, that's classic,、mm-hmm. and incorporate into、um, that kind of delicate mochi,、mm-hmm. very、um, smooth and clear. 
and then you have a texture of、uh, mochi as well as fresh sweet watermelon.、Mm-hmm. So it's really something far beyond regular classic、uh, wakashi. So、mm-hmm. I was very impressed. Okay, so、um, yeah, so、um, you said、uh, prosciutto、mm-hmm. and that kind of、uh, Western element. Yes. Right? So、mm-hmm. for you, is it okay? You feel comfortable? Yes, very much. Because、mm, mm-hmm. you taste? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, okay, so、um, maybe you can give us some、uh, examples of、uh, your signature mochi sweets.、Mm-hmm. So we have a raspberry and chocolate garnish mochi, which is raspberry cream cheese and chocolate garnish wrapped in the Marco Polo tea flavored mochi skin,、mm. and dusted with cocoa powder. And、uh, lemon and broccoli wave flower mochi, which has lemon flavored white bean paste inside. The mochi skin made with domyoji powder and topped with salted wave flour.、Mm, so, domyoji powder、yeah. is、uh, the sweet, sticky rice. Yes. And then dried and powdered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, it has a distinctive texture and flavor. Yes. Right.、Mm-hmm. Okay. So, these are two signature kinds that I have been making since I started with a gradual refinement process.、Mm. Okay. So, I'm sure there's going to be more signature. <laughs>、right. um, so, your sweets are stunningly beautiful and delicate. And do you think your experience in the magazine business helped to create your artistic sweets?、Mm-hmm. Uh, over the years, I've seen a lot of beautiful things that surround us in Japan, in New York, or elsewhere. Whether in the form of fashion or design, interior deco, you know. Uh, architecture, art, antique, or food. And I think these things have certainly helped for a certain aesthetic in me.、Mm. But first and foremost, my focus as a magazine editor was always about looking at old, be- old beliefs and traditions. The values that tend to get outmoded are outdated from a new angle and giving them a fresh context or framework. So, I feel what I've done in my editorial work and what I'm doing today with food are ultimately the same.、Mm. Right. And of course, you have technical experience like a <laughs> photo shoot and imaging what's possible in、mm-hmm. the pictures and how to shape.、Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think、uh, you, are, you are a pastry chef, but there's something <laughs> in on top of it, so that's great. Um, so, and I know that、um, you emphasize seasonality on your menu, and、uh, your website explains it beautifully. So,、um, could you explain the Japanese word shun? Sure. So, just like in New York, we have four distinct seasons in Japan, and there we have this very old custom that has been practiced since more than 1200 years ago. Of admiring these seasonality and weaving them into songs and poems. And that custom is practiced in traditional Japanese cooking and confectionery too. Each season has its own dishes and confections that appreciate and express the seasonality. In Japan, we have this word shum, which refers to the time of the year when a particular ingredient reaches its optimal deliciousness.、Mm. There are three phases of shun.、Uh, hashiri is the first 10 days. Then comes shun, the 10 most prime days, followed by nagori, 
which is the last ten days. Mm. Right. So at least if you just uh, divide four seasons times、mm-hmm. three, because there's three、mm-hmm. phrases,、mm-hmm. you have twelve. <laughs> And I think the world of Kaiseki they say twenty-four.、Mm-hmm. So it's kind of moving target. And it's a beautiful Japanese、uh, wagashi as well as Japanese、mm-hmm. cuisine. Right. Okay. And、uh, so, what, what do you think is the biggest difference between Japanese and Western sweets?、Mm-hmm. Uh, Japanese sweets or wagashi tend to be simple and have a rather monotonous taste, particularly with confections meant for tea ceremonies. Complicated flavors are intentionally avoided so as not to distract from enjoying the tea.、Mm. A lot of, lot of these sweets are designed to express the seasonality through the appearance, appearance and the texture, and each one tends to have a name that matches the season.、Mm. Right. Okay, but that's interesting that you know, the Japanese wagashi kind of formed. Uh, since sugar came in from China,、mm-hmm. and then tea ceremony developed at the same time.、Mm-hmm. So, the tea's bitterness,、mm-hmm. and like you said,、mm-hmm. uh, that sweetness、mm-hmm. of wagashi complication should not interrupt、mm-hmm. tea ceremony's tea. So,、mm-hmm. that's very a Zen mindset. You、mm-hmm. have to focus.、Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And、uh, So, the, I, as I said at the beginning of the show, an article about wagashi,、mm-hmm. including your amazing sweets,、mm-hmm. came out in New York Times、mm-hmm. uh, Tea Magazine,、uh, mm-hmm. issued on August 14th.、Mm-hmm. And again, the title of the article is Sweets as Poignant as Poetry.、Mm-hmm. One writer considers wagashi,、mm-hmm. Japanese tea ceremony treats, as bittersweet pleasures of, for stressful times.、Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, definitely, it's a stressful time, so we need wagashi for sure.、Mm-hmm. So, um, so, what is the article about? Mm-hmm. Article about.、Mm-hmm. So, so, yes,、uh, they asked me to make a dozen or so kinds of wagashi.、Uh, I wasn't given any details beforehand, but、uh, when I saw the spread, I was so excited because the photos paired the wagashi with. These cutest cats. <laughs> anyway, that story illustrates the history of wagashi in such depth with information that even Japanese people may not be aware of. I was really impressed by it. I guess that's what the New York Times does indeed. I don't usually think of my work as making wagashi. Actually, I'm just trying to find new flavor that works with mochi. Also, naturally, I'd research and study wagashi every time. I receive orders for orthodox wagashi for tea ceremony and for cafe.、Mm. To be honest, I've became, become increasingly more intrigued by wagashi over the last two years. So, when I received the, the order from Tea Magazine, I wasn't particularly Thrilled about making traditional dessert at first,、mm. but I was familiar with many of the wagashi pieces they asked for, and they reminded me of my childhood in Kyoto. So while I was making the wagashi, I sort of channeled my old self. 
and it turned out to be such a fun experience.、Mm. Earlier, I talked about how involving、uh, innovating traditions. In,、uh, sorry, Aria, I talked about how innovating. Traditions is the theme for the thing that I do,、mm. but I think the fun part is the process of creating something by channeling the past and the future and memories and hopes.、Mm. And I think that sort of process is particularly prevalent in cooking and food culture.、Mm. Right. Yeah, the Times Magazine article, I mean, it's,、uh, I'm going to put the link. To the, this article、mm-hmm. uh, on the episode page, but it's basically classic Wagashi. Wagashi, in a, like you said, it's the prettiest and the cutest cat. Yeah. And、uh, its combination is so unusual, right, for yeah, Japanese yeah. people.、Mm-hmm. Like, really, like yes, pink yes. background.、Yeah. And, but I really think、uh, Times got the point of、mm-hmm. Wagashi, which is traditional, but、mm-hmm. there is something appealing to、mm-hmm. everybody,、mm-hmm. right? And,、uh, Yeah, it's really, and just that I really like the article because it really depicts Wagashi so well. For instance, there is a, a paragraph to say, Taste is only one of the senses these sweets seek to address.、Mm-hmm. The sound of the confection's names,、mm-hmm. the delicate scents, the textures between the teeth,、mm-hmm. uh, crumbly, slippery, airy, dense, stretchy, the miniature landscapes they、mm-hmm. offer to the eye. Mm-hmm. And that's really true that one piece of、uh, wagashi can be a flower、mm-hmm. or you know, the mountain view、mm-hmm. summarized on、mm-hmm. a piece of、uh, yeah. sweet. Yeah. So, yeah, so I really recommend that、mm-hmm. uh, all the listeners listen,、uh, mm-hmm. read this article. And、mm-hmm. there's a cute video、mm-hmm. of the article with the cats, too.、Mm-hmm. Right. So,、uh, yeah, so where can we find your sweets? So for now, you can find two kinds of our creation on Saturday and Sunday at the Match Cafe called Setsugeka、mm-hmm. in the East Village.、Okay. Also, we do take private orders so long as they are placed in advance.、Mm-hmm. We make mochi at our Soho studio and prepare the order for the requested date and time.、Mm-hmm. So, so Setsugeka is a SCTSU. GKKA Setsugeka.、Mm-hmm. Okay, so they spill it. This is a cafe.、Mm-hmm. Okay, right. And I've heard, also heard that,、uh, you know, the restaurant Kosaka,、uh, the sushi place,、mm-hmm. serves your dessert too? Yeah, I've been. Okay, yeah, served.、Mm-hmm. But、uh, not now. Okay, <laughs> right. So that's the first time I tried your sweets. Oh, wow, really? wow, stunning. So、oh, that's、really? why. Yeah,、oh, that's Kosaka. Right. right. Okay. And、uh, so, um, Yeah, that's、uh, the Setsugeka on Saturday, you said? Yeah, Saturday and Sunday. Okay.、Mm-hmm. Right. I'll be there <laughs> this week. <laughs>、yeah. Okay. And、uh, so, who are your clients?、Mm-hmm. So, we get a lot of Asian American clients, but it's New York, so really, they are diverse and different nationalities.、Mm. Mm. So, it's universally appealing to everybody. <laughs> Yeah, I think、uh, another thing about Wagashi and including yours, it's not, it doesn't stay、mm-hmm. on your tongue, on your stomach too long.、Mm-hmm. So it's kind of dangerously addictive,、mm-hmm. but then you don't feel heavy.、Mm-hmm. So that's another reason、uh, mm-hmm. Wagashi is popular.、Mm-hmm. Right. It's not、mm-hmm. a huge commitment, <laughs>、mm-hmm. you can just enjoy lightly.、Mm-hmm. Right. And、um, so you seem to have interesting activities outside of Mochirin as well. So 
For instance, I heard that you had an interesting event in June last year with six other Japanese artists called Dinner, Wabi, and Now. And what sort of event was it, and、uh, how did it happen?、Mm-hmm. It was a part of a tea ceremony event series called Wabi and Now, which is organized by this ceramist, Mr. Akihiro Nikaido, in and outside of Japan. In 2015 and 2016, he had shows in New York.、Mm-hmm. He's a ceramic artist. Yes. Right?、Mm-hmm. So each year he hosted a tea ceremony in conjunction with the shows. And I was given the opportunity to prepare the meals for the event. His bowls and plates are thin but hard and modern, and they have the stoicism and embodies the spirit of Zen and Wabi.、Mm-hmm. His style is such that if Zen Rikyu were still alive, you'd imagine he'd. Order tea balls from this ceramist. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, s e n o r i k i by the way, for listeners,、uh, he's、mm-hmm. really the god of tea ceremony.、Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So we used Mr. Nikaido's ceramics to serve the kaiseki meals and his balls to serve the tea. Flowers, too, were arranged in the vessel he made. Our purpose was to introduce the contemporary style of wabi.、Mm-hmm. I tried to express Zen and seasonary seasons blessing in my cooking too.、Mm-hmm. It was a very fun experience. Right. So, are you planning to do something like that again?、Uh, not yet. Maybe、uh, next year. Okay.、Um, yeah, if you do,、uh, let me know.、Uh, I want to announce it on the show.、Uh, thank、right. you. Okay. So, and where can we find you? Uh, information online.、Mm-hmm. We have a website which is www.ring.nyc.com.、Mm. We are also on Instagram and、uh, that's ring underscore NYC.、Mm. Okay, so it's a beautiful website. So ring-nyc.com,、uh, it's really stunning. And then yeah, probably, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, so you can order. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Order your sweets too.、Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, great. So,、uh, so thank you so much for joining us today, Ujiko. Thank you. And I look forward to seeing your sweets.、Mm-hmm. Um, really, I loving <laughs> sweets. I, I don't know what to say, but it's really stunning. So,、mm-hmm. I'm so proud that you expanded the scope of Wagashi. Yeah, thank you so、right. much. So, good luck. Yay, thank you. All right, so.、Um, Uh, so, listeners, if you have any questions or comments about the show or suggestions for guests or topics of the show, please contact us at, heritage, at Japanese at Heritage Radio Network.org or Akikuatema.com. And Japanese is live at 3 p.m. on Mondays and always available at Heritage Radio Network.org, iTunes and Stitcher's podcast. And please go to iTunes and Stitcher and write a review. We really appreciate your feedback. And I'm an engineer, David Tadasiore, and thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. 
Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.